Well, Happy New Year, everyone. For those of you who weren't here last week, we talked about aging. Anybody missed the message? I would encourage you to listen to it. Just a quick review. We talked about your body may get older, but you don't have to get old on the inside. You can be renewed day by day. We talked about how your body is just a temporary tent, but God's got a permanent palace waiting for you on the other side. So whenever we die, we roll up the tent. And then God gives us a new body on the other side. Amen. And the second big principle we talked about was whenever a Christian dies, you're not getting swallowed up by death. You're being swallowed up by life. It's life to the fullness. Eternal life begins the moment you receive Christ, but it's culminated when you see Jesus face to face. You experience fullness of life. Amen. All right. We're going to be in Isaiah 58. Next week, Lord willing, we'll continue in our series on Luke. But typically, the new year, I give you a kind of vision message of what God's leading us for this year. And our theme for 2019 is passionate praying. That's something we're really going to focus on. So we want to encourage you with Kirby and Dot and the prayer ministry. That's at 9 o'clock Sunday mornings. If any of you are out of bed, go ahead and have that cup of coffee and head over. We want to encourage more prayer throughout the week, more prayer in our Sunday school, and our life groups. We believe that prayer changes things. Amen. As you turn to Isaiah 58, uh, this message uh, unlocks something we've been doing the past two years, and it's the Daniel fast. Two years ago, when I first brought up the idea, I got a lot of blank stares and asked some of you, how many of you had fasted? And many said they had not. And fast, fasting is one of those things, it's like... It's a spiritual discipline, so it's not something you have to do. It's something you get to do. And Jesus said whenever he left, whenever the bridegroom left, then the people will fast. But we forgot that part in the Bible. So today we're going to kind of unlock the power of prayer and fasting. It's an invitation from God to experience his blessings. And the way I look at it, fasting is not doing something to get grace. Grace is something that's not earned or deserved. But fasting is kind of like this. Imagine your life. As a raging river, beautiful river, the, the stream of God's blessings flowing. But sometimes we get a dam in a river. It's dammed up, the water, the flow is stopped. And what fasting does is release that blockage so that the, the river of God and the blessings can flow through your life again. So it's kind of like a paradox. Grace we don't earn or deserve, but yet there are certain things that we do out of obedience that unlock the blessings. I really believe, and this is my personal opinion, you may disagree, but I believe when we get to heaven, there will be certain things that we will be shown that this could have been in your life, but you didn't pray about it, number one. You didn't fast about it, and the blessings were there, but it just wasn't, the river wasn't unlocked. The stream wasn't freely flowing through your life. Uh, Before we look in Isaiah 58, I, I was reminded in Exodus 17 for those of you who grew up in Sunday school, you know this story. Uh, the, the Israelites were fought, fighting Amalek and the Malachites. And Moses went on top of the hill. You guys remember the story. And as long as he held his hands up, they prevailed. But whenever he got tired and his hands went down, what happened? The Amalekites prevailed. So Moses recruited two helpers. Anybody remember? Aaron and Hur. Imagine a son being called Hur. That's, that's a little different. But hey, H-U-R, Hur. So as long as Moses' hands were lifted... They, they prevailed. When they fell down, they were defeated. I was listening to Jensen Franklin recently about fasting, and he said, this is really a picture of fasting as an application, that whenever you obey God out of physical obedience, think about Moses with his hands up, 
you prevail. But whenever you disobey or you don't follow through, then the enemy can, can gain ground. So fasting is a physical discipline that unlocks spiritual blessings. It's a physical discipline that unlocks spiritual blessings. So we're going to kind of a preview this message as we look at Isaiah 58. We're going to cover the whole passage, verse by verse, as we always do at Arden. And kind of we're going to talk about reasons why we shouldn't fast. Here's some reasons why we should fast. And here's some benefits. I know a lot of us are very practical. We want the application. So I'm going to give you 12 benefits of fasting that will really unlock the blessing and the flow of God in your life. And for those of you who are very detail-oriented, any of you detail-oriented? Confession, I'm not with a lot. Of, I am about the Bible, but other things in life I forget, and I'm not detail-oriented. But for those of you who like details, we're going to talk about how to fast. So that way you're going to be like, well, he said to fast, but we don't know how. So we're going to provide you with assistance with that. So if you're ready to jump in the Word, say, go for it. I'm only going to keep you for two and a half hours today, so we're going to get out. Just kidding. All right, Isaiah 58. Now you're awake. It says, cry aloud, spare not. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways. As a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching God. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? So before we continue on, the people are like, we've fasted. We've done all that you've asked us to do. And what the prophet's going to be reveal is you went through the motions, but your life wasn't changed. God doesn't want a religious um, symbol with no internal reality. There has to be a life change. So continue on. <clears throat> in, fast, in, in fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure. You exploit all your laborers. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate and to strike with the fists of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. Is it a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? So in other words... God is saying that, you know, when you fast, it has to be something God leads. You don't just do it as a religious thing. You do it because you're really trying to grow closer to God. Verse 6, is this not the fast that I've chosen? Now listen to, listen to the things that fasting does. This is beautiful. To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, that you break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? And that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out. When you see the naked, that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Now look at the results, verse 8. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. That's so beautiful, poetic. Your healing shall spring forth quickly or speedily. And your righteousness shall go before you. And the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer and you shall cry, and he will say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, and the spreading, speaking of wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as the noonday. The Lord shall guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. 
You shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall rise up, raise up the foundations of many generations. And you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets to dwell in. If you turn away your foot from my Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath the delight, the holy day of the Lord is honorable, and shall honor him not doing your own ways, nor seeking your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words. Then you will delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth, and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father. I, the mouth of the Lord, have spoken. Father, this is an intriguing passage talking about fasting as well as Sabbath day. As we look into 2019, it's amazing that you've given us a new year. Help us to discover and unlock the principles uh, that uh, fasting bring. We give this time to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So kind of just to set the stage for this message, you know, a lot of us, different things in life, when we bring up things that are hard, we immediately check out. It's like when you go to the doctor's office and he or she says you need to exercise and change your diet, we're all like, I don't, we do it for a few weeks and then we stop doing it. I can't remember the study, but it was said that those who are diagnosed with like chronic heart failure, it's something like 90% don't change their lifestyle even after they're diagnosed. I can't remember the percentage. It's really high. And it's like many things in life. We know that if we do this, it will benefit us. But we just, we're, we're kind of like, we don't like self-denial. We don't like discipline. Let's just be honest. We don't. And uh, if you're like me, I kind of get upset if I'm waiting five minutes in the fast food line at Chick-fil-A. I'm like, this is fast food. It's five minutes. So we don't like to wait. We don't like to deny. How many of us know the best things in life are the things that take a lot of discipline, a lot of self-denial? So to set the stage, fasting is not to try to make God do anything. We can't make God do anything. Fasting is to put ourselves in a place to receive God's blessings. So let's look, first of all, why not to fast. We're going to talk about why too, but first of all, why you shouldn't fast. If, If these are things that... You're thinking, I would advise you, well, first of all, change your mind, but, you know, think about it. Number one, don't fast if you want to be comfortable. In verses 1 through 3 and verse 5, look at verse 5, it says, Is it a fast that I've chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul, that's denial, and to bow down his head like a bulrush, humility, and to spread out sackcloth and ashes, repentance? So how many of us enjoy being uncomfortable? Not a soul, unless you're a baby. They said no one likes change except a wet baby. And even the baby cries when you change him or her. So here's the thing. We don't like change. And it's been said that hermit crabs, it's interesting, that they grow as long as they change shells. As I mentioned a few weeks ago, my daughter recently got two. One is still living. But these hermit crabs, as long as they are in between shells, they're growing. They'll grow to the new shell. But as soon as the hermit crab decides to stay in the shell it's in, the shell becomes its coffin. Whenever you stop growing, you begin to die. And many of us are like that. We get so comfortable. So if you want to stay comfortable, don't fast. Because I can guarantee you, you will not be comfortable. Um, A little preview of your fast. If you've never fasted before, how many coffee drinkers in here? Most of you. If you do the strict Daniel fast with no caffeine, you will have migraine headaches for one, two, three, even up to a week. And I already know what some of you are saying. Well, I can't give up my coffee. Well, let me tell you. This is just at a pastor. I've been here almost three years. So I can speak the truth in love. 
What you're saying is, I have an addiction that I cannot give up. When you say, I cannot give up. I'm just being honest. Here's the thing. I drink more coffee than most of you, and every year I give it up. I, I like to say, I'm not addicted to anything. Paul said, I will not be brought under the bondage by any. In, in Jesus, we are meant to be set free, not addicted to anything. Amen or ouch. I was reading this parable about a spy. I don't know if it's true or not, but he was sentenced to death in the Persian army. And the general gave him two options to the spy. He said, you can die by a shooting squad or you can go through that black door. And the spy thought about it. He understood the shooting squad, but he didn't know what was through the black door. And he said, I'll take the shooting squad. And he was executed on the spot. And the, the emperor looked at his general and said, very few people choose the black door. And the, the general looked at the emperor and said, what's behind the black door? And he said, it's a tunnel to freedom. See, people choose what they know, what's familiar, what's unknown scares them to death. And that's part of fasting. Many of us don't do it because we're scared. What's going to happen when I can't eat what I want? What, what's going to happen when I have that headache? But I want to encourage you, behind that door is so many blessings and so many miracles we're going to talk about today. So that, that's one reason. The second reason is this. Don't fast if you want to stay in your patterns of sin. And obviously, as a Christian, we should never be in patterns of sin. I'm saying this tongue-in-cheek, but if you want to stay in a lifestyle of sin, don't fast. You know the reason why? You will be under heavy conviction when you fast. You'll begin to see patterns of sin and things in your life, and you're like, ouch. But here's something I want to encourage you. I shared this for the first service. I'm learning as a parent. I've got four kids, and I'm learning... And I'm learning to try to treat my kids how God treats me. Does God reveal all my sins at once? Absolutely not. I mean, there are occasions where it's come to Jesus and you're broken, but usually it's gradual. And the thing is, is like with her children, with her grandchildren, if we pointed out all their faults at one time, they would be overwhelmed and exasperated. And the thing about fasting is it allows God during a season of time to say, I want you to draw close to me. And if you will draw close to me, what, what happens? I'm going to draw close to you. And it's one of those times God shows grace and helps you. But if you want to stay in a lifestyle of sin, it's best not to fast. I would encourage you to do so, but tongue-in-cheek, that's the reason why not to fast. You guys have heard the old country saying, sin will take you further than you want to go, cost you more than you want to pay, and keep you longer than you're willing to stay. What about Jesus? What about if we reverse that Jesus will take you places you never dreamed of. Jesus will fulfill destiny you never know you had. Jesus will help you meet people you never dreamed you'd meet. And you're like, well, Timothy, what if you stay in one place all your life? You're forgetting it's eternity. There's heaven. There's galaxies you're going to explore. You're going to go places you never dreamed of in Jesus for all eternity. So here's the thing. Sin will do that, but with Jesus, he's going to flip it. He's going to provide so much blessing. Feel this trust in him. Amen. A third reason why not to fast is don't fast to manipulate God. This is true with anything. When we're praying for healing, as I mentioned many times from the pulpit, God always heals the Christian. It's just when. Sometimes he heals right away. Sometimes it's a progression through a doctor, through medicine. Healing's a process. And sometimes he heals you when you get to heaven. A lot of times we pray for, for someone and then they die and they're like, didn't God heal? I thought God was going to heal them. Well, he did. Now they're in a glorified body. If he healed them here, they'd be in a fallen body. Now they're in paradise. If they were still here, they would be in a fallen world. So here's the thing. When God takes us to heaven, it's a grace gift. The reason why we'd keep getting older and older and older in a fallen world. 
And for God to keep us in this world forever, it wouldn't be graceful. If we knew what was in heaven, we'd want to go there 10 years ago. So that, that's part of God's grace. It's hard to see on this side, but it's so true. If you look on your listening guide, a quote from Jensen Franklin. He said, fasting does not help you earn God's blessings. God's blessings come by grace through faith. Fasting simply prepares you to hear from God and to be ready to receive God's blessings. So those are some a little bit sarcastic reasons why you shouldn't fast. Now I want to give you five reasons why you should fast. These are reasons God looks upon with a smile. The first reason is this. Fast to break the strongholds in your life. Look at verse 6. Is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness? If we're honest as Christians, you know, God has redeemed us, but we still have a fallen nature. And part of that, sometimes we have strongholds. Sometimes we get in patterns, habits, hurts, hang-ups. And during a fast, it's a time to break a stronghold. You ever said or heard someone say, I just can't help that keep doing fill in the blank? That's called a stronghold. It's got a place in your life. And Jesus said, if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. So he doesn't want us in a pattern of sin, a habit, or a stronghold. He wants us to be free. Number two, second way or reason why we should fast is fast to break the yokes of burden for yourself and for others. Look at back at verse 6. It says, to undo the heavy burdens. How many of you are burdened for someone in your life right now? Someone that just, they got a family member, a friend, it could be a spouse, it could be a child, a grandchild. There's just a burden. And Jesus tells us in Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30, he says, Come to me, all you who are burdened, all you who are weary, and what? I will give you rest. So here's the thing. Our burdens, we're not to bear the burdens, we're to give them to Jesus. Or to say, Jesus, you take this burden. And when else, someone else has a burden, the Bible says we're to help them share it. Share one another's burdens. And together we're to give that to Jesus. So fasting can help break that yoke, the heavy burden. Third way that pleases God with fasting, third reasons to fast, is fast to do good to those in need. Now this is a principle I, I never discovered until researching this. Look at verse 7. It says, is it not to share your bread with the hungry? And you bring to your house the poor who are cast out. When you see the naked, you cover him. And you not hide yourself from your own flesh. Skip to verse 10. If you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul. So here's the principle of fasting. Whatever you want God to do to you, you have to do for others first. I'll say that again. Whatever you're praying God will help you with. You have to be willing to do that to others. Here's a secret in the Bible. There's so many beautiful gems. If we unlock it, it unleashes God's blessings in the flow. The reason why some of us don't have a certain prayer request we're asking is we're not doing it for others. Didn't your mother teach you the golden rule, do to others as you'd have them do to you? So if you want God to be generous in your life, are you generous to others? If you want God to bring healing in your life, are you seeking reconciliation with others? There are certain things that God will not unlock on the vertical scale until we do it on horizontal. He says, if you'll help the poor, the needy, if you'll help those who are suffering, what you do to others, I'm going to show you that I'm going to outdo to you. You ever heard the saying, you can't outgive God? That's true. I I found it true in my life. When when you are generous, you're never going to be more generous than God. When you're loving, you're never going to be more loving God, more loving than God. When you're compassionate and caring... 
it, it comes back. This is in your listening guide, Luke 6.38. This is a, a very good principle. It says, give and it will be given to you. Notice you've got to start the giving process. A lot of times people said, I wish I had better friendships. Or are you a friend first? Well, I wish I had you know, more time with my family. Are you initiating? You start the process. And then it says, a good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over will be poured into your life. This is the marketplace term when you have wheat. Whenever you wanted to get a full scoop of wheat, you could shake it down and press it down and get a, get a full abundance. And notice the next phrase, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So if God measures back to us what we're measuring to others, what kind of blessing would we get? So fasting is one of those things that reminds you, okay, I'm praying for God's blessings and abundance. How am I doing that to others? How am I on the horizontal in relationships? And as I said, we don't do this to manipulate God. We don't give in order to get. That's not the motive. The motive is my heart is right with others and my heart's right with God. So I am opening the reservoir for God to bless me. I'm putting myself in a right place. Number four, fast to seek justice to those who are being oppressed. You look at verse nine, continue on. It says, if you take away the yoke from your midst, many of you have hearts for those who are being oppressed, the marginalized, the people in society that others do not care about. As a Christian, we're to go after those people. As a Christian, we're to pray for those people. We're to pray for justice to take place. We don't like injustices in the world. So as a Christian, we're to pray that God would do that. We're to pray for our elected officials. We're to pray for those who are in prison. We're to pray for those who have um, done wrong and those who have had wrong done to them. We want God to come through. And here's the thing. Even for those who have been on the other side, God can redeem and restore. We know that. We believe that. Number five, fifth reason why we should fast is fast to bring unity in your relationships. Look at the last part of verse 9. It says, the pointing of the finger and the speaking of wickedness. So here's the idea. Satan's M.O. is to still kill and what? Destroy. So he's going to produce disunity in your family. He's going to produce disunity among your kids, your grandkids. That's his goal. So if you see disunity, you know who's behind it. So what fasting can do is where there's disunity, God can close that and bring unity. The Bible says in Psalm 133:1, Behold how good and how pleasing it is when brothers live together in what? In unity. So fasting can help bring relationships back. Dr. Tony Evans, I'm reading a quote from him, he said, Fasting that makes a difference begins when you are being willing to do for others what you're asking God to do for you. So think about that. What are you willing to do for others? So let's put on the practical hat. We've talked about sarcastically here's three three reasons why you shouldn't fast you don't fast to manipulate god you don't fast if you want to stay in your old lifestyle etc we've talked about here's some ways that please god we fast to bring unity we fast to to help those who are being poor marginalized but there are 12 practical benefits the first eight are going to come from this passage and then the last three or four are going to come about the sabbath day principle and there's some applications to fasting so number one what are some benefits? Number one, fasting can help your light to shine brighter. Look at verse number eight. It says, then your light shall break forth like the morning. I was talking to someone recently and they said, you know, people outside the church seem so joyful and not, not joyful, but excited and upbeat. And you go to the church and we're all half depressed. Have you noticed that? Or like down and out. And he said, you know, why is that? And I was like, that's a good question. The thing is, 
if you remember in science class, for the moon to shine, it can only reflect. It doesn't have any shine. And the moon is just this big ball of dirt that happens to line up with the sun. And whenever it lines up with the sun, it reflects the sun's light. But whenever something blocks it, it's called a solar or lunar eclipse. Where's Ross at? He's my science teacher. A lunar eclipse, right? So here's the thing. We are meant to reflect the light of Christ. We have Jesus through the Holy Spirit inside of us, and it shines out of us. But there are certain eclipses in our lives, and fasting helps get rid of those eclipses so we shine again. You ever met someone that just radiates and glows? That's a person that's not only filled with God's Spirit, but they've gotten rid of those eclipses of God's light. Number two, fasting can help healing to come quicker. Fasting can help healing to come quicker. Look at verse 8b. It says, your healing shall spring forth speedily. Now, as I mentioned, we pray for healing, and God says yes, it's just a matter of when. So sometimes it's instantly, sometimes it's a progression, and sometimes we have to wait till glory. But either way, as a Christian, the good news is you will be healed. It's just God's timing. I wish we could wave a magic King James Bible and everyone would be healed, but it's not that way. It's faith. It's we have to trust God's timing. So I was reading a story. This comes from Free Chapel. They, they do the prayer and fasting every year, 21 days. By the way, we're going to challenge you for 10 days. So for those of you who are like, 21 days, that may be next year. But um, they do this every, every year. And one of the ladies that was in this church, she had just uh, became pregnant. And she got the the doctor's report that you have two life-threatening illnesses that could either terminate your life or the life of your child. And she was just so worried. So she decided to do this 21-day fast, 21-day Daniel fast with the church. They were praying, and she was praying and asking God. And at the end of the fast, they do this healing service where you come forward and they have a healing line. And she said, I really didn't expect God. I didn't know if he'd heal me. I knew he'd heal others. And she didn't really know. She just went forward to be healed and Asked God to heal her. The next, very next day after the healing service, she went to the doctor. And they said, both of your life-threatening illnesses are gone. It was just a miracle, completely healed. So sometimes during a fast, like I said, not every time right away, but sometimes people pray for healing and they do get healing. God does supernatural. Update on my father. Many of you asked about him. And this is a quote from the nurse. She said, this is a miracle. He was stage 5 kidney failure, which is not good. For those of you who have ever had kidney issues, he was a GFR 10, like 5, 10% functioning. Very bad. And all of a sudden, we had people coming, praying. Many of you had people laying hands on him. I called a pastor friend. He anointed him, laid hands. I mean, all this was going on, and he was released within a few days. Didn't need physical therapy, and right now, as of this moment, doesn't need dialysis. So he's continuing. So God does heal. He doesn't always say yes right now, but as a Christian, the good news is you will be healed eventually in God's timing. Amen. Number three, fasting can help bring guidance to your pathway. Look at verse 8 as well as verse, as well as verse 11. It says, and your righteousness shall go before you. And in verse 11, the Lord will guide you continually. Many of you are at a crossroads in your life. And fasting is a good way to say, God, give me direction. I, I'm prayed for direction. I don't hear you. I don't understand. And it's kind of like, I believe Isaiah says in another passage, your, your ears shall hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it when you turn to the left or to the right. And many of you need that clarity. And a, a biblical fast, prayer and fasting, often provides clarity where you know this is God. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, you know this is God. Number four, fourth benefit of fasting from this passage. 
fasting can help release God's glorious protection. Back in verse 8, it says, The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. That's an Old Testament way of God saying, I got your back. Whenever you go out, you don't know what's going to happen in 2019, but God's going to be your rear guard. He's going to cover you and protect you. Isn't it good to know that as you pray and fast, you release God's glorious protection? And by the way, just a reminder, in the book of Hebrews, it says God sends forth angels who are ministers to those who are inheriting salvation. And sometimes in a fast, we see this in the book of Daniel, that when you fast, sometimes God will release an angel or two to help you, to answer a prayer. We saw that with Daniel fasting. God sent, I believe it was Michael the archangel, to help him and said that your prayers are heard and I've been sent because your, your, your prayer was blocked, but I've been sent to answer the prayer, be a messenger angel. So isn't that cool to know that God can send angels to be ministers to you, to help you? That's kind of cool. All right, continue on. Fasting can help prayers be answered quickly. I really love this point that back in verse 9, it says, Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, Here I am. So something I want to encourage you with is that God does miracles through fasting. We have a little video from Caroline and uh, Ben. They're out of town at the Ark Encounter, but they, I wanted them to share. Ben did the fast for the first time last year, and something amazing happened. So we've got a video about this. Hello, church. Ben and Caroline here. We are out of town this weekend in Kentucky, but we wanted to take a moment to send this video to you talking about our experiences with the Daniel fast last year. Personally, I'd never done it before. I had done the Daniel fast about five different times, I think, and I myself have seen multiple amazing answers to prayer through fasting. One thing um, that I've experienced every time that I fasted is that I've grown closer with God, and that's always a reward to fasting. But this year, in addition to that great reward, we ourselves um, experienced an answer to prayer. Yes. Fast. Our prayer this time for Daniel fasting that we did, uh, I think January or February 2018, was we prayed and fasted along with others praying and fasting with us, including Timothy and Lori and others, that we would get pregnant. And of course, we have. We conceived miraculously through the hand of God. After uh, trying for three years. Three years. Three years. Uh, we were looking at fertility specialists and stuff like that. Didn't do anything of that sort. Got pregnant miraculously while fasting. God, God to the glory. Everything. So, to wrap it up, we really want to encourage you to take part in the Daniel fast. If anything, just to grow your relationship with God. Um, and it's a commandment in the Bible to fast. And so we know that um, if you are obedient, that um, there won't be a void. Um, and that obedience, but you might just get a special surprise like. I'd like to remind you, God says, draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. So in fasting, you are reaching out to God, drawing near to him in a sacrificial way. Prayers will be answered, definitely. God always honors your sacrifice and obedience. So we love you guys. We'll miss you this Sunday. See you next uh, week. But see you next week. All right. Hello, church. So something to think about with that is, you know, I want you to see fasting as an invitation. 
You know, in the New Testament, we're under grace, obviously. So Jesus said, when I leave, then you'll fast. I think that's what Caroline's referring to. Sometimes we forget to fast. But it's an invitation to draw closer to God. So think about that. So fasting can help prayers be answered quickly. Number six, fasting can restore you to a place of wholeness. Look at verse 11. It says, and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. How many of you need a little strengthening of your bones, a little physical touch? Fasting can do that. Number seven, fasting can bless you with an overflow of abundance. I love verse 11. This is my prayer for you. You shall be like a watered garden. I know we got Dot and some other people that garden here. Think about a, water, a garden that's watered and fruitful and blossoming. And it says, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. So something, I don't think I've shared this publicly and asked for my wife's permission. By the way, my family's getting better. Thanks for praying for them. They had the flu and they're recovering. So hopefully they'll be back next week. But my, my wife, I got her permission because sometimes I say things that get me in trouble. You know how that is, gentlemen. So this is one of those private things I just felt led to share this, this year. But as you know, we have four children. And all four children were conceived through the Daniel fast, through prayer and fasting. So what, what, what's special about that is God has a plan for all, all the kids. But here over here on the front row, I tell her, you know, God has a plan for you. And we were praying and fasting before you were born. And it's like, you know, it's something that they can, whenever the devil tells them lies, they can say, no, I was a result of prayer and fasting. God's got a purpose and a plan. So for us, we kind of look at the Daniel fast with a smile. Who knows this year, right? So, all right, moving on. My wife's not here, so I can say that. All right, number eight. For those of you who don't know me, it's an inside joke. I always joke about more and more kids, and I'm catching up with my parents quickly. Number eight, fasting can bring new life, That's that which seems to be destroyed. Verse 12 is very special. It says, those from among you shall build the old waste places. Now, I want you guys to think about that. There are people here from among us that when you fast, God's going to restore relationships. He's going to restore some health. He's going to restore some financial concerns that you have. And like I said, God doesn't have to do anything but through fasting. I want to remind you that picture of that river. God has his blessings flowing. His grace is flowing. But there are certain things that have stopped the flow. And fasting can release it, the flow. I kind of look at it like God has all these blessings in heaven. The Bible says in Ephesians, we are blessed, already past tense, in the heavenly realms in Christ. So if it's in the heavenly realms, we've got to pray it down, don't we, Kirby? It's there. We've got to appropriate it. So it's kind of like this, and back to Ephesians, it says we have an inheritance in Christ. And part of that inheritance we can tap into, we just have to ask for it. It's like some of you, if you've been given an inheritance, but it sits in your bank account and you never use it, it's not good for anything. Spiritually speaking, we have an inheritance in Christ. But if we're not praying and fasting, we're not tapping into those blessings. Amen. All right, number eight. Fasting can bring new life to that which seems to be destroyed. I already covered that. Number nine, fasting can remind you to take rest by taking a Sabbath each week. So Isaiah transitions from talking about fasting to the Sabbath. So these next four principles are directly applicable to the Sabbath, but I think they also have an application to fasting, if you'll look with me. So number nine, fasting can remind you to take a rest. So here's the thing. One of the Ten Commandments was to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Okay, we're in the New Testament. And the Bible says, let no one judge you about Sabbath. These all are a shadow, but Christ fulfilled that. So here's the idea. You don't have to worship on Saturday anymore. You can worship any day of the week you want. We have that freedom. 
But your body's still designed for one day of rest. Even though we're under grace, we're not under the Mosaic Old Testament covenant where Jesus fulfilled a lot of these shadows. But here's the thing. The Sabbath principle is still true. Do you still need rest? Absolutely. So don't get legalistic about the Sabbath. Because, by the way, the Sabbath is Saturday. And all of you are church on Sundays. You're already breaking it. But the idea behind that principle is you still need rest. So that's still applicable in the New Testament. So I've heard a lot of Christians will say, well, the Sabbath doesn't apply. Well, try how that works. You're going to get sick and worn out. Uh, My family and I, we take our Sabbath on Friday. And we realize this is a grace gift. I don't see the Sabbath as you've got to do it as an obligation. I see it as a gift from God, and I receive it. Every day, every week, I look forward to Friday because that's my day to rest. That's the day when I unplug. Do you have a Sabbath day? Do you have a day when you rest and renewal and unplug? And for those of you who are on your cell phones a lot, I would encourage you your Sabbath day to try to set your cell phone aside, not all day, because you're not unplugging. It's just a practical thing. Just rest and renewal. And here's the thing. You ever notice that when you don't rest, your body gets sick? That's the body's natural way of telling you you need a Sabbath. You need to rest. So that's important. Number 10, fasting can help you find delight in the Lord again. Notice verse 14. Then you shall delight yourself in the, in the Lord. And again, it's directly applicable to the Sabbath. But the application, if you fast, you'll find this is true too. When you fast, the Bible says delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So when you're focusing on God... He becomes your desire. Number 11, fasting can help you experience God's smile. It says, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth. So in this Sabbath rest, and as you fast, think about it. How many of you want to enjoy God's blessings? Think about the high hills of your life. You know, contentment is not getting what you want. It's wanting what you already have. I'll say that again. Contentment is not having everything you want. It's wanting what you already have. So enjoy the blessings of God in your life. And finally, fasting can help you enter into your inheritance. Again, in the context of the Sabbath, it says, And feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So there's certain spiritual disciplines with fasting, and now talking about the Sabbath, is that when we enter into it, when we seek God, we enter into this inheritance. And God has an inheritance for every one of the sons and daughters. And when you fast, you're reminded That God has great and precious promises. When you fast, you're reminded that God has a good plan for you. When you fast, you realize that he's got great things in store for you. I don't know about you, but I want 2019 to be better. Not necessarily that I'll have more money. Not necessarily that I have the best health. But I'll have a closer relationship with God. That's the most important thing. Amen. So I read a story about this lady. And she was in a small group class. And she said there was this other lady she just didn't get along with. Ladies, you ever met another lady you just didn't get along with? She said this lady was bitter, caustic, cynical, and their personality just did not mesh. To make matters worse, this lady was new age. And she's like, why are you even coming to church? You don't even believe in God. She came to this small group just to socialize and talk. And this lady was just really upset. So the Lord led her to do a fast, one lunch per week. So not not a 21-day or 10-day fast, but she gave up one meal a week. She asked her coworker to do it with her so that they could have accountability. So she gave up one meal a week, and they would pray over lunch and fast for this lady. And what's interesting is God not only changed her heart to the lady, but God began to work in this lady's heart. The Lord spoke to her and said, this lady is involved in the New Age movement, and she has all this gods that don't even make any sense. So as you crave Twinkies, I want you to realize this lady has spiritual junk food. 
and pray that that will be replaced with the true bread of life, the Lord Jesus Christ. So the Lord began to change your heart through the fast. So I want to encourage you, is God calling you to join us with the fast? This is something we do annually, and it's unheard of in Baptist churches, I realize that, but it's not unheard of in the Bible. Throughout the whole Bible, Moses did a 40-day fast, Jesus did a 40-day fast, uh, we see Peter fasting in the book of Acts, it's all through the Bible. So something about fasting is fasting unlocks these blessings that are there. We don't earn or deserve it, but when we obey God, he releases certain reservoirs, certain windows of heaven. So for those of you who are practical people, if you look on your listening guide, there's eight steps. For those of you who are big idea people, you just need to know, do it and go do it. But for those of you who need details, number one, pray and ask God. Is God calling you to fast at the present time? As I mentioned, we're not doing a religious charade. If God's not leading you to do it, please don't fast. But if you pray about it, I'm going to be surprised if God says no. I'll just put it that way. Number two, pick your fasting plan. If you look in your bulletin, there's three different options in the bulletin. It looks like a sheet like this right here. And option number one is to fast two Wednesdays for breakfast. So you would breakfast and lunch, not eat anything, just drink water or juice. That's called an absolute fast, by the way, when you don't eat anything. Um, well, there's certain fasts that you don't eat or drink. But this one is a certain fast where no foods, just liquids. That would be Wednesday the 16th and the 23rd. Option two is to do a three-day liquid fast. So if you're like, I don't know about a 10-day Daniel fast. and I, Well, if you're willing to take a baby step, God will meet you. And I heard some people over talking in the first service. I'm going to do the three-day fast and, you know, pick, pick what God will lead you. So three-day fast would be a liquid fast. In other words, for those of you who are coffee drinkers, you still can have coffee on this fast. You're all like, I'm signing up for that. <laughs> and option three, this is for those of you who want to go all in and be a little disciplined. We're going to do not the 21-day, but the 10-day fast. And this will start next Sunday at dinner. So the idea is, for those of you who are coffee drinkers, start weaning your body off this week. So by Wednesday, Thursday, if you're at three cups, you're down to two. By Saturday, you're down to one. And by the way, Sunday, you can have a cup, but the fast starts at dinner. Because what we're going to do is ten days later, that Wednesday night prayer meeting, we're going to break the fast. And it's going to be some hallelujahs and people running the aisles, I guarantee. And Elaine and Stephen know my, my breaking the fast, I have tiramisu. That's my, that's my dessert of choice for fast breaking. So that, that will be, I'm looking forward to it. So that, that's that. Um, if you know, Number four, if you notice in here, we have a 10-day fasting reading plan. Uh, Brother George Manning a few years ago said, Timothy, this is good, but what about spiritual reading? I'm like, that's a good detail, George. We'll work on that. So this year we have you a reading plan. And if you do not have the Internet or have access, we can print it out for you. Just let us know. But the, we have a 10-day reading plan. You can pull it up on your phone on the version. If you have a computer, it's on a website that's provided there in the bulletin. If you don't have technology, we can print it out. It's just a daily devotional guide. Um, number five, prepare your mind, your body, and your soul before the fast. Where a lot of us fail is we don't prepare before the fast. So when the, when the day of the fast comes, you should have your groceries ready. So the Daniel fast, just as a whole, it's like a vegan fast. No meat, no bread, except Ezekiel bread. We allow you to do that. That's a concession. You can have Ezekiel bread because it's, it's biblical, so go for it. Um, and it's basically a vegan diet. So for those of you who love meat, love coffee, love caffeine, it's going to be hard. That's why it's called a fast. So prepare your mind, prepare your body. Number six, be prepared to be challenged physically and spiritually during the fast. You will get attacked by the devil. Just give me a heads up. You will have migraine headaches and your body will be weak. But if it was easy, everybody would do it, right? Everybody would do it. Number seven, 
as you deny the physical, spend more time focusing on the spiritual. So the whole purpose of this fast, the main idea is to draw close to God. So that's part of it. And number eight, expect great things to happen. You know, one of the things is, Lori and I, we have a prayer list. Usually it's top ten things we're praying for. And some of you, your physical healings on the list for this year will be, is we look back in years past, every year we do it, and look how many prayers God answered. We keep it in our phones, the prayer list. So I want to encourage you, if God's leading you to take part, there's three options. We want to encourage you to start this year off with passionate praying and with fasting. Let us pray. Father, I know this is not a popular message, not a lot of amens or hallelujahs, but I know that if we do it on the other side, there will be spiritual breakthroughs. So, Father, I want to pray first for the believers. If God is leading you to do a fast, I want you to say this prayer. God, I don't want to do it. It does not sound like fun, but I realize some of the best things in life are hard. Some of the best things in life require discipline. So tell Jesus right now, Jesus, if you lead me to do this fast, I pray you'd give me the grace to do it. As the believers are praying, there may be one here today that came for the first time and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And before entering into fast or any of that, the thing that we want you to do is to say yes to Jesus. So right where you're sitting, if you're listening online, if you want Jesus in your life, pray this prayer in your own words. Say, Jesus... I believe that you died on the cross, you were buried, and you rose again the third day. Jesus, I know that you standing at my heart's door knocking. And Jesus, for the first time, I want to let you in. Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, I realize I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness, your grace. And I thank you for paying the price for my sins so that I could be forgiven. So Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I turn to them and I turn to you. I make you my Lord, my Savior, and my best friend. Friend, if you prayed that prayer, please let us know. Father, thank you for hearing our prayers. As we start this fast off next Sunday evening, we pray that we would see major breakthroughs, physical healings, financial blessings on those who need that. But most importantly, spiritually, we draw closer to God. As Ben reminded us in that video, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. In Jesus' name we pray. My God's children said, amen.